Good morning, afternoon, evening to all of you wonderful folks watching, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between. This is the Royal Deluxe Podcast, and I'm Lux. At least that's what I tell people. The most energetic podcaster on the face of the earth. Are you guys ready for an absolutely insane hype podcast? No, I'm tired. I don't have any energy. This is kind of why, you know, maybe maybe it was a mistake doing this solo. Maybe I should have gotten a co-host or something. I should have gotten someone to be the hype guy. Someone to be the real charismatic, you know, talkative person who can actually say things and have a really, really great sense of energy. You know, they bring that energy. They bring that feeling to the podcast. And then I show up and I'm like, yeah, I think Jake Prince is a pretty good pitcher. That would be my role. That's what I do best. Or maybe I can just make this an ASMR podcast. Maybe I should focus on that. Are you guys ready for an ASMR episode? Let's do that. Let's talk really softly for the entire podcast. Uh, let me know how this goes. At Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter. Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. So the table of contents for today are going to be number one, roster moves. We've actually got some roster updates to talk about. And then we're going to just kind of continue with the current events as they have happened already. That made sense, right? I mean, I'm talking about spring training and then the World Baseball Classic. Those are still ongoing things. Very exciting. Very interesting. Quite a few things to talk about. And beyond the World Baseball Classic and what Royals players have been doing in it, there's a larger discussion to be had of the importance of the World Baseball Classic. It is an ongoing, I want to say it's a debate. I don't feel like it's actually much of a debate. It's mostly just like a couple of really loud-mouthed guys saying really bad things and then reasonable people saying, uh, no. But I still think it's worth mentioning. Why? Because I have feelings too. I'm a person. At least I think I am. And speaking of bad, loud-mouthed people on the internet, a certain lawn gnome once said, Let's get right into the news! So let's talk about roster updates. The We are getting closer and closer to spring training um, being over. I meant to say we're getting closer and closer to opening day, which means we're getting closer and closer to the end of spring training. So as the days go by, oh god, that was really loud, sorry. So as the days go by, we are going to see some players go back down to AAA or somewhere in the minors. We're gonna, they, their spring training is essentially over, and this is going to cut the roster down um, to what it will eventually be on opening day, 26 players. And so we've already had the first round of options. It is Jackson Kowar. And uh, what was his name? Max Castillo. I had his last name written down. I forgot his first name for a second. They have both been optioned to AAA. Makes sense. They were pretty much the most obvious suspects to be optioned. They just don't look ready right now. I don't know if Max Castillo is ever really going to be ready. I don't really have any strong um, feelings about him. I don't know if he has a lot of upside. Jackson Kowar, on the other hand, he is someone that I think still has some upside, but it's just a matter of if he's ever going to reach that. I, 
the jury is still out as to what exactly is wrong with Jackson Kowar. It might just be a mental thing. Dude's just got the yips big time, I think. Um, but, you know, he's been good in AAA before, so maybe hopefully he can, you know, just get some more reps in a much less pressurable environment. Um, I'm I'm really rooting for the guy. Like, I would really, lo- I think it would be a really great success story if Jackson Kowar has even a mediocre career in the MLB because having a career in the MLB at all would be just great for him just after what has already happened to him in the major leagues he's just had the absolute worst career that I've seen a young pitcher have I think and yeah if he can get that turned around even slightly and just be just be able to stick the majors that would be awesome for him and there was also a position player optioned. It was Samad Haler, who kind of became a quick fan favorite in spring training. Although I don't know if I, um, yeah, I'm looking at my sort of, uh, what do you want to call it? My mock-up uh, opening day lineup for position players. And I did not have Samad Taylor making the team. So I'm, I, I don't particularly have any strong feelings about it. Um, you know, he did play really well in spring training. I think it's, fine that the Royals are going to do this. I think they're looking at him and they're like, all right, you know, he played really well, but he, he's got, he's, we've got time with this player. It's not like the clock's ticking on him. It's not like he's a top prospect or anything. I don't even really remember how old he is. Ah, he is 24. So eh, that's like average for a rookie, I guess. I think he'll, I think he will get a chance um, this year at some point, I think he has proven himself to be worth looking at, not just in spring training, but even before that, like he, he's, he, he, he hit well in triple a last year, he hit triple, he hit well in double a in 2021. He's, he, he seems all right. And we need center fielders. So yeah, it, it, I think he's, um, I think he's someone we'll see again, but I'm not upset about him getting, Optioned. I know some people were a little bit disappointed, but there are just so many guys that we need to be trying out. I think we can deprioritize Samad Taylor personally, in my opinion, to be honest. And also, um, not really a option. It's just, but it is a roster move. Angel Zerpa was moved to the 60-day injured list with, I think, shoulder inflammation or some kind of shoulder injury, which is. Really unfortunate. Angel Zerpa has been one of the most fun pitchers to watch in the last couple of years. Like of all of the, of all of the young guys that we have called up um, since 2020. So I mean, after Brady Singer and Chris Bubich and I guess Carlos Hernandez to an extent, Zerpa has been really really fun to watch. I'm not gonna say that you know the 1.1 ERA he has in the majors so far is indicative of how great he, he will be in the future that's just a super small sample size but he but it is at least worth mentioning that whenever he has come up he has done his job exceptionally well and I think that there is a future for him to be a starting pitcher um, hopefully for the Royals but if not then maybe he can be a good trade piece down the line so I think this year was going to be the year where he would get a legit chance in the majors. Like he wasn't going to be a guy getting called up just for the sake of filling spot because he's only been called up to just fill in for someone um, so far over the last two years. So I think this was the year where they were going to have him start in AAA and then move him and try moving him at least into the bullpen, into the major league bullpen at some point this year. And 
that, that, that probably is still going to happen, but it's probably not going to be until August or even September because, you know, you're talking about a two month injury that you got to, you, that, 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 that just, that, that's a two month setback right there, just automatically. So, and that's a, that is not a, that is not an insignificant amount of time for a major league season. Sometimes, you know, we, the major league season has a lot of games, but in a weird way, it doesn't feel like it's actually that much time. It's about six months, which, yeah, that's half the year, but you know, then you get an injury that takes away, you know, like, like, like again, this injury is 60 day IL. It's two months right there. That's a third of the season. So it definitely sucks whenever that happens to anybody. And then, um, there is, this isn't really a roster update, but it, I guess it's worth mentioning. The Royals gave Jake Brents a two year contract. They didn't extend him. Um, they didn't really do much of anything aside from just giving him a guaranteed contract for this year as well as next year. So this year, uh, I'm trying to think, I think this year would have been technically his third year. So I guess maybe in a small way, the Royals are getting a head start on his first arbitration year. Um... I don't know. It's just very, very odd. Now, when I say he 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 has a two year deal, don't take this as like, oh man, we just you know gave this guy an extreme amount of money. It's eight hundred fifty thousand for this year, and then one million fifty thousand dollars. I th I think yeah, one point oh five million for twenty twenty four. So it is super a super super small salary, you know, comparative to most major leaguers, but. It is just very, very interesting because Jake Brent was injured pretty much all of last year and he, he's getting, he had to get Tommy John. So he's going to be gone for most, if not all of this season as well. So it, it's just very, very interesting to see the Royals make this sort of a move. If you even want to call it a move. Although personally, I'm actually a bit of a fan of it. I am a a particular Jake Brent's enjoyer myself. I believe that he was one of the best pitchers that we had on our team in 2021. Uh, he had a fantastic first half. His second half, not so much, but I think that was just sheer overwork that was getting to him. You know, he was a rookie who was, he, he was a, he's a, he was a rookie who was thrown into 72 games. That is a lot. I think he was top 10 in all of MLB in, relief appearances in 2021 so he definitely did not have uh and actually yeah i am putting it up he was number he was tied with a few guys for eighth most games played in 2021 he made the most appearances out of anyone on the royals roster in 2021 so he had a a significant workload and he was a, a rookie a rookie who essentially came out of nowhere like i like he 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 was just kind of like no one honestly and we just kind of got him as a minor league free agent a few years ago and turned him into something so yeah we definitely overused him a lot maybe that contributed to him getting actually injured next uh in last year i wanted to say next year but i'm confusing this sorry um point is 
I really like what we saw of Jake Brents in 2021. I think he can still be a, a solid contributor to a bullpen. And if not, then okay, whatever. Royals maybe wasted a million dollars. Not a big deal, frankly. Um, maybe this move means nothing whatsoever. It's just kind of like a formality, I guess. Maybe just one of those like get it out of the way sort of thing. Like they were negotiating his salary for this year as they do with any pre-arbitration player. And they were just like, you know what? You're probably not playing this year. So let's just get next year's negotiations out of the way. I guess that would be fine. Still wishing all the best for Jake Brents in his recovery. And uh, I hope that he will get back to having a common Jake Brent's success in 2024. Uh, that was a kind of a theme that I had in 2021. I would just say Jake, I would, whenever he uh, made a solid relief appearance, I would say common Jake Brent success. And then I didn't get to do that at all last year. Whoop. Something has gone terribly wrong. Let's talk about spring training. How are the Royals doing? How are our wonderful 14-2 and two Royals doing in spring training? Well, right after they went 14-2, and two, they lost three games in a row and maintained the highest winning percentage in the Cactus League. Cool. So they lost to Seattle on Tuesday. They actually had an off day on Monday, then played two games on Tuesday. So first was against Seattle. They lost 6-8. to eight. And then they lost to the Reds, also on Tuesday, by a score of 3-5. to five. Then on Wednesday, they lost to the Texas squad, the Rangers squad, by a score of 3-4. to four. And then on Thursday, they won! Ta-da! Clap, 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 clap. They won by a score of 2-0. So pretty low offensive output overall. But the pitching hasn't been too bad, which is what we're looking at the most um, within this within this entire spring trading. And the one thing I really want to highlight, I post like a, a thing on Twitter. I said like, whoa, this is insane. But I didn't realize just how common this was actually happening. So... Tuesday's game against the Mariners, where we lost 6-8, to eight, that was a bad game. Just take the L on that. Um, th- gave up three home runs in that game. Not good. And only got six strikeouts. So Mariners hit us around a little bit. But the game against the Reds, even though we lost this one, even though we gave up five runs, Royals pitchers struck out 16 batters. 16 strikeouts as an entire squad. You know what? I'll take that. They did walk five, which isn't super ideal, but they struck out 16. That's kind of a lot, bro. And then the game against the Rangers, they struck out 14. They did also walk nine. So... Yeah, actually five of those walks came from Jordan Lyles, who struck out four. Only gave up one earned run, two runs overall, so I'm not entirely sure what happened in this game. And then three more walks were given up by Dylan Coleman, who also gave up a run. Um, But he also struck out two, so just weird overall um, sort of game. But hey, they're striking out batters. That's pretty cool. 
And then the game against Oakland, they struck out 15 batters. So Royals pitchers are throwing strikes. They're missing bats. And that is exceptional. And by the way, six walks um, in this game. So they are walking guys. Uh, but I heard this thing where in the first inning, Chris Bubich was pitching. He started the game. And he gave up a hit and then walked two batters. So we had a bases-loaded situation. And then uh, Brian Sweeney came out for a mound visit. Right after that, Bubich sat down the next two batters with a strikeout and then started the inning with two more strikeouts, at least I think. He had four strikeouts and then two innings, so you know they happened somewhere. And that's something that's it's like the exact opposite of what happened with Cal Eldred. You know, we would always, I guess, maybe not even joke. Like, like it, it, I think it started as a joke, but then we realized more and more that it was just reality that whenever Cal Eldred would come out for a mound visit, it would just make the situation worse somehow more often than not. Now you mean to tell me that there's a, a Royals pitching coach who is actually able to guide his players and get them out of tough situations? That's a thing? You can do that? It's making me wonder just how impactful a staff change can be for a baseball team. It's making me wonder just how bad was Cal Eldred really? Truly and honestly. I could kind of go into more detail about that, but maybe I should save this sort of rant for later on. Let's get into the actual regular season before we draw any conclusions as to how good the, these new pitching coaches are. But still, loving the strikeouts that we're getting from this pitching staff overall. Again, I know it's just spring training. Gotta wait to see what happens in actual games, but something about this is still encouraging. Even three losses this week. Three losses in a row. Look, three losses in a row, it's no big deal. In fact, the losses in general aren't even a big deal. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. Let's move on. I don't have really anything else to say about spring training because I already talked about the most important stuff, the pitchers and the uh, the roster changes. So let's move on to the World Baseball Classic. I had this uh, absolutely brilliant uh, moment because I recorded Monday's episode on Sunday. And literally just as I stopped recording, just as I was like done and I'm like, all right, good. I'm going to get this episode out. Um, Salvador Perez hit a three run home run for Venezuela. They were playing basically as I was recording. So I'm just like, oh, great. I'm going to drop this episode right after all of this really important stuff happens. That's why I have a, a Friday episode slot now. A Friday upload slot now. So, Salvi, for Team Venezuela. Well, Venezuela advanced. They advanced from their pool, and Salvador Perez was named MVP for Pool D. He went 5 for 10 with 5 RBIs. Now, pretty much all of that happened in that one game that I was talking about on Sunday, which was against Puerto Rico, um, which is interesting because that's the, that's the team that MJ Melendez is on. And you know what? 
it's really nice to have a World Baseball Classic where Salvador Perez is not injured by the other catcher on our team. <laughs> Who remembers that? Who remembers when Drew Butera accidentally injured Salvador Perez in the World Baseball Classic? Pepperidge Farm remembers. No, Salvi is looking alive and well. Looking very, very happy to be playing in this and yeah, he in that game against Puerto Rico, he went four for four with five RBIs, including a three-run home run. That was overall a game. Venezuela won by three runs. So Salvi was a bona fide difference maker for that team. Awesome. Just super happy for him. Super excited for him and Team Venezuela. They are looking very formidable. They are considered to be probably the second strongest team in the World Baseball Classic because no one's better than Japan right now. If Japan doesn't win the World Baseball Classic, that would be kind of shocking because they have dominated this entire event. Like, holy hell. But hey, don't count out Venezuela. They got a lot of talent there, including Salvi. Especially Salvi. So aside from that... There was also Australia who advanced, who I was taking a little bit of a gander at because we they we because the Royals have a prospect on that team, Robbie Glendinning, who I had no idea about until the World Baseball Classic started, and then he started playing really, really well. So Robbie Glendinning over that entire uh, series for his pool, he went 375 with six RBIs. So he was a very, very solid hitter on that team. Unfortunately, Australia has now been knocked out of the competition. They were eliminated in the quarterfinals by Team Cuba by a score of 3-4. to four. So tough loss for Australia, but great run. Like, Australia is not considered to be one of the power teams in the WBC. Korea was expected to advance in that pool uh, Korea and Japan were expected to be the top two teams. Australia pulled off a huge upset by getting a win over Korea and ultimately getting a an advancement to the quarterfinals. So, you know, disappointing loss in the quarterfinals, but great for them getting as far as they did. And same goes for Team Italy. Team Italy was unfortunately eliminated. Uh, we already talked about them advancing to the quarterfinals last episode. But you know who they had to play? Japan. Uh, and unfortunately, our Italian mustached boys stood no chance against the anime protagonists of baseball. They lost by a score of 3-9. to nine. Like, like, Japan isn't just considered the best team because they have Shohei Otani. And Roki Sasaki, who is a pitcher that I've been a fan of for the last few years. He's someone who a few years ago I watched him pitch, I think, in some playoff or championship game for his high school. And I'm like, man, I hope he pitches for the Royals someday. And I'm still going to continue dreaming that because, oh my God, that is a, a, a sport-changing pitcher right there. But... Not only are these two players just extremely talented at baseball, 
The entire team is just crushing. I don't think they've lo- they've won a game by less than a five run deficit or five run deficit. You can't win a game with yeah yeah. That's why Japan is so good because they're winning even with five run deficits at the end. Um, hopefully you know what I mean. The five run difference, like they are not just they are not only very good. They're just crushing every team. So they are definitely the favorites to win the competition right now. So unfortunate for team Italy having to run into that buzzsaw. Um, but they had an incredibly great run. They were also a team that was not really considered to be a fierce competitor in the WBC. And so them advancing to the quarterfinals is a is a great accomplishment. And I'm very, very proud of Nicky Lopez and Vinny Pasquantino. They were strong contributors to that team. And I hope they will be back. They've promised they'll be back. I'm going to hold them to that. Looking forward to it. Go Team Italy. And over the course of the week, uh, the USA, Team USA, had pretty much their entire block entire block I, I said that weirdly usa basically played all of their games they played three games out of the four they won their first game and then they lost versus mexico they lost a it was, it was a terrible game it was an ugly game for usa they lost by a score of five to eleven brady singer came out and pitched in that game two innings pitched four earned runs oh brady was just bullied off the mound that game and also came under a bit of fire because a lot of people were just like why is this why is he here why like the do you usa does not have better players to pitch why is brady singer here so definitely not the best look for brady or team usa and then yeah but Fortunately, USA would redeem themselves later. They absolutely, they harassed Canada into a seven-inning game. They won by a score of 12-2. to two. Canada was in an even worse situation where they just sent out nobody. They had a 19-year-old start against the USA. The USA has freaking Mike Trout on their roster, and you are going to make a 19-year-old pitch against them? What is wrong with you? So that went about as well as you would expect, which is to say, not at all. And uh, I like I, I someone told me that the strategy Canada had was just to basically give up against the USA and then use all their best players against for one else. Well, that went well. And then the USA went against Colombia. And they uh, they won that game, so good for them. Speaking of Mike Trout, he went three for four and hit four seventeen on the series overall. It is really, really nice to see Mike Trout playing meaningful baseball for literally the first time ever. Well, technically the second time ever. I wonder what happened the first time. Let's not dwell on that too much. So USA advances with a 3-1 and one record. That one big loss against Mexico is not going to get them down. And now they are going to play against... Uh, they are going to play against Venezuela. They're going to play against Venezuela on Saturday. So that should be a really interesting matchup. I would love to see Brady Singer 
pitch against Salvador Perez. Imagine that, dude. So that's very much a game that I am looking forward to. Um, I'm going to try rooting for you for the USA because I guess they have the most players that I enjoy on my team. Honestly, though, like it's hard to pick favorites just because all of my guys are scattered all over the place. You know, I love Salvi. Um, and, and of course, I love Bobby and I love MJ and I love Brady. But also even beyond the Royals, like I, I adore Shohei Otani. I think he is just an incredible player. I mean, obviously, I think he's an incredible player, but I just think he's so great for the sport in general. It is really nice to be in the second century of this sports history and say and 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 still be at a point where we can say, okay, what that guy is doing right there, no one else has ever done in history. So Shohei Otani, bless him. If Japan wins, I'll be happy. But if whoever else wins, I'll probably still be happy. I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of soaking in the World Baseball Classic because this is the first time I've ever really gotten to follow along with it for real. I was kind of in a way like joking about how how little I knew about it when it first started, but now I'm getting more and more invested and it really is something that I've taken for granted. And I think a lot of the country, a lot of the United States have taken this event for granted. Um last time it happened was in 2018. I was like very, very new into baseball at that point. So it just kind of passed over me and I didn't think anything of it. So finally, five years later, it, it was it's supposed to be every four years, but they delayed it, obviously, for the pandemic. Next one's in 2026. So that should be fine. So we'll have a, a shorter break between classics next time around. Um, hang on. Let me wait for my freaking furnace to shut off. All right, that probably didn't matter in the recording, but I needed to recalibrate myself because where I was trying to go with this is there's been this talk uh, among some people in baseball that the World Baseball Classic should be, I don't know, like called off or Major League players shouldn't be allowed to play in it, stuff like that. And people are also denouncing or dismissive of the importance of the World Baseball Classic. And it is such a shallow thing to say that the World Baseball Classic doesn't matter. Like, listen, I get it. America doesn't care about the World Baseball Classic that much. And in a way, I kind of get why. Because we have the World Series. So makes sense but i think to the players the world baseball classic means more because you know the the sport has really grown on an international level not just in terms of who's watching it but who is playing it these people who come from the dominican republic cuba japan they're not playing in the world series specifically for their country whatever team they're playing for like they weren't born into that city in fact most mlb players weren't born into whatever city whatever team they play for it's it's exceptionally rare for someone to grow up a fan of a certain team and then be drafted and developed by that same team 
decades later and then ultimately win a championship for them. Like, how often do you ever hear that happen? So for some of these guys who come from out of the United States, yeah, it's actually more important for them to be playing the World Baseball Classic because that's actually something that represents them. They're playing... They're, they're, they're on a team that represents who they are as a person, their identity, their culture. So just because it doesn't matter all that much in America, and I don't think there is much you can do about making it matter more in America, unfortunately. I mean, I don't, I don't have a solution to this issue. But to just say, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Well, I personally don't know anybody who's watching the World Baseball Classic. Okay. Do you like talk to baseball fans or anything? Because I do. I know people who are watching the World Baseball Classic. They're people who already watch baseball. Sure, you're not going to convince, I don't know, some coworker at at your at your job who doesn't follow baseball at all, aside from maybe the playoffs. You know, like that that guy's not going to care about the World Baseball Classic. That's that's just how it is. But it's just kind of a it's just kind of an example of. What I think is very common ignorance, particularly in America, where people say, well, it doesn't happen here. It doesn't matter here. So therefore, it shouldn't matter anywhere else. It's like, that's just open up your world a little bit and and you'll see that it actually does matter. And people do really care. And the reason why we're having this discussion is because. A couple of days ago, Edwin Diaz, closer for the Mets, who just signed the largest contract that a relief pitcher has ever gotten in history. He is the first $100 million relief pitcher. He was injured severely in a celebration for his team. Edwin Diaz played for Puerto Rico. You know, that's his, that's his hometown, his home country, I should say. And, uh, you know, they were celebrating moving on into the tournament bracket. And they, I don't know, I honestly don't even really know what happened. But long story short, Edwin Diaz ruptured his knee or something like that. And he's going to be out for the entire season. So the highest paid reliever in baseball history is eliminated from year one of his contract. And so some people are furious. Now, I do not blame anybody for being upset, for being emotionally reactionive, re- reactional, reactive, perhaps is a better word to say. I'm not saying that you need to appreciate this, but I think to just say, okay, well, no star players in the World Baseball Classic anymore. Like, why? That's that's just going back to what I was saying. Like, it's it's just so shallow to say, well... Someone can get hurt in this, and then that would mean the team suffers in the regular season and the postseason. It's like, dude, that's just that's just the way the game works. Like, if you are so concerned about injury or whatever, I think you're just in the wrong industry. I think you're watching I think you're part of the wrong hobby. You're watching the wrong game. Injuries happen. And injuries can happen anywhere. There was someone who was saying, oh, this doesn't happen in spring training. Okay, who is Gavin Lux? Gavin Lux, my son, 
my favorite player ever. He was supposed to be my co-host for the Royal Deluxe podcast. Instead, he became a really good baseball player. I'm happy for him. That sounded sarcastic. It's not. <laughs> but look, it, what what happened with Edwin Diaz was extremely unfortunate. Like no, no questioning that. No one ever wishes for players to be injured. Okay, that's definitely not what I'm going to be trying to say here. But when you play the game, you are risking injury at any point. It can happen to anybody for any reason, you know? I mean, if you want to if you want to say the World Baseball Classic should be, you know, deprioritized for players, take the All-Star game. Like imagine if the All-Star game was happening, Mike Trout tries to make a play, he makes a dive or or let, let's say Mike Trout leaps and crashes into a wall trying to make a catch and he like injures his shoulder. For the ent- and, and he lo- misses out on the entire rest of the season. And the Angels were really looking like they were making a run that year. And Trout going down means their season's basically over. Would we be saying the same thing? Would we be saying, oh man, no more All-Star game. Or we'll treat the All-Star game like the Pro Bowl, where the, like the Pro Bowl is treated. Where you know everyone's aware that they could be hurting each other. So they just lightly make contact. Two-hand touch football. The most exciting form of football. Oh, right behind flag football. Again, not that I want to see anybody injured in the All-Star game, but that, that's just kind of the, 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 I feel like that would be the same point. You know, player gets injured in a game that doesn't contribute to the regular season, doesn't contribute to the postseason, doesn't contribute to the World Series. Therefore, they shouldn't be allowed to play. It's just, it's just ridiculously selfish. Honestly, that's what it is at the end of the day. It's not only ignorant, but it's selfish. Because these players, they're playing the World Baseball Classic because they want to. They genuinely want to play. No one is forcing them to do this. They can sit at home and be like, you know what? I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to either sit at home or continue just training with my team for spring training getting ready for the regular season maybe there are lots of players that are like on the american not not on the american team because obviously that wouldn't make sense but let's just say a lot of of american players who were invited to the world baseball classic and they're just like eh why why should i play that that doesn't really matter to me all that much um yeah like that could that, that that might have happened. It's possible. There is also some talks of like agencies getting in the way where lots of big players were invited but were banned from going by their teams, by their agents, which is unfortunate. They should step the hell out of the way, I think. Point is, players like the World Baseball Classic. And honestly... A lot of people like the World Baseball Classic. It's getting watched more than the World Series. Does this have something to do with the fact that Japan actually gets to watch Shohei Otani play meaningful baseball? Yeah, maybe. Maybe if the Angels went to the World Series with Shohei Otani, or it doesn't even have to be the Angels. Maybe if a team with Shohei Otani went to the World Series, that would be watched more. Maybe. 
But I think that that signifies the the global and the more broad appeal that baseball has that maybe people aren't really giving it credit for. You know, people people who don't really watch baseball or care about baseball all that much will criticize it for saying, oh, it's called the World Series even though other countries don't care about it, LOL. But actually, I completely disagree. I think baseball is very much a respected sport around many parts of the world. And you know what? Even if it were true, even if the World Series was just an American thing and it didn't matter to the rest of the world, that's why we need the World Baseball Classic. And that's why it should be prioritized higher. That's why it should be a bigger event. Because more people are going to watch it. Because it's not just an American thing anymore. It's a global event. Yeah, let's deprioritize the World Baseball Classic. Let's tell Major League Baseball players that they can't play in it. I'm sure that would really grow the sport, you know? This sport that's, oh, it, it's dying. It's losing fan interest. Yeah, let's, let's, let's really uh, help that go by removing the World Baseball Classic or something. It's just ridiculous. I can't believe people would actually think this. And again, this is coming from someone who also didn't take the base this event very seriously. But getting to see it now, getting to see it this year, it's made me it it's really put into perspective how much it actually matters. And just how great baseball is. I don't I don't know about you guys, but I like baseball and I enjoy watching it and I want more of it. I mean, it's been a little bit nice to not have baseball to follow. It's been a little bit nice not having to worry about covering the Royals every day or every week, just you know, taking time away from it. But now that it's back, it's like, this is what I really enjoy in my life. This is something that I'm very passionate about. I'm really, really sorry to Mets fans for what happened with Edwin Diaz. Truly sorry. Um, it's really unfortunate, and again, no one ever wants to see a player get injured. But listen, if you're going to get mad at a game, an event, because a player got injured, well, like I said, you're in the wrong industry because injuries happen. And I think that's something that makes sports maybe a little bit more, I don't know, interesting maybe makes us appreciate them a little bit more because it just serves as a reminder that even the greatest forms of us aren't able to overcome the physical limit limitations of humans. Again, I don't want anybody to get hurt. I'm 100% for player safety, but it's not even like Edwin Diaz did anything in particular. It was a weird freak accident where I don't even really know if anybody knows what happened. That just goes to show. It can happen anywhere. And if you're just going to get mad and say, oh, that's bad because a player got injured. Well, I just think it's disrespectful to the sport itself. These players are putting themselves on the line. That's that's just what they do. That's why this matters so much to them. I think. I mean, I can't speak for them. Who am I? I'm just a guy on the internet with a microphone. I have not played baseball at any level aside from the... Uh, what, 
what 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 year was it? Fourth grade, I think. Yeah. Respect the game and enjoy the game, even when things go wrong. That's part of the game, unfortunately. And hey, just saying, the Royals have a really really good reliever that could be worth trading. Just saying, if if the Mets are you know interested in finding another another guy, I mean. I don't know if he'll be as good as Edwin Diaz, but I think you'll like him a lot because I like him a lot and what I think matters the most, at least on this podcast, because it's the only voice of this podcast. So if you don't like that, go listen to a podcast that's good. That's how I'm ending this episode. I have nothing else to say. So that's going to do it. I'll see you guys on Monday. Until then. Thank you very much for listening to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. I would love to hear from you at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter or Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for further updates to this podcast because there will be updates indeed to this podcast in the coming weeks. I think 2023 is going to be a very, very interesting year for this show, and I hope you'll be there with me. Thank you very much for making this podcast a part of your day, and I really hope you're having a good one. Um, why is it snowing in Kansas city though? If you live, can, can, can someone tell me that? Can someone tell Midwestern weather to stop? This is such bullshit. Oh yeah. And go Royals.